welcome to On The Ledge podcast, episode 133. I'm your host, Jane Perrone, and this week we are going on a houseplant tour. Yes, it's just what you need when you're stuck in your home 24-7, a chance to nose around somebody else's houseplant collection via this podcast. And I answer a question about what to put in a south-facing window. Thank you for all your lovely feedback about everything I'm doing at the moment. People seem to really enjoy the bird song on the midweek bonus episode number two. So I'll be trying to bring you more of that in coming episodes because, well, who doesn't like the sound of birds singing? And also my daily videos on Instagram of me bugging out about various plants are proving very popular. Thai constellation was the latest offering yesterday and lots of excitement about that plant. I did actually do a longer version but I had to cut it to get it under 10 minutes so you missed my crazy introduction with me singing so thank god (laughs) that that had to be cut. Thank you to new patrons Katie who became a legend, Ian who became a superfan and Ross who became a crazy plant person. It's wonderful to have extra support from listeners at this time when I'm sure everyone's purse strings are tightening. So thank you to all of you who are continuing to give and those of you who are new to the clan. You can now hear my interview with Matt Candeus about the film Little Joe and there's more Extra Leaf episodes on their way. I got an email this week from a listener and this one really did floor me and I'd like to read it out to you. It's from a listener called Sally. Sally writes... I'm a physician in the Midwest and I'm currently working on the front lines with the COVID-19 pandemic in my hospital. We see and examine several patients daily with suspicious symptoms. Tests take a long time to come back. We wear protective equipment, but supplies are running out. Even if we try our best, we can contract the virus or worse yet, silently carry and shed it, infecting others, including our precious families. We live in fear, even when we change our clothes before entering the house each night. For the moments when I see your Instagram videos or listen to your regular podcast or the new midweek extras, I forget about the risk and uncertainty. I remember that attention to plants, people and pets that we love is essential to our quality of life and the world around us. There is hope. Your embrace of plant lovers in this crisis is helping much more than you know. Well, Sally, thank you so much for that. Here's the message I sent back to Sally. First of all, thanks for everything you're doing. It's all inspiring and special, and I know I couldn't do what you do. Thank you for taking me the time to send me this email. What I'm doing is easy, but if it's helping you and others, that makes me so happy and encourages me to keep going. So thank you, Sally. I'm going to say it again. Thank you so much for sending me that message. It really did lift my day as well as making me cry. And I'm hoping that there are other people in all different situations around the world coping with COVID-19 who might also be drawing a little bit of strength, a little bit of relaxation and a little bit of joy from On The Ledge podcast. Shortly before the whole coronavirus thing really kicked off, I travelled down to Kent for two interviews and we're going to be hearing the first of those today. And it's with somebody called Mercy Morris. Mercy runs a garden maintenance firm in the 
County of Kent. She also sells houseplants and offers advice and is a particular specialist in air plants. And she has the distinction of becoming the first person to open their house for the National Garden Scheme for visits by arrangement. Now, if you've not heard of the National Garden Scheme, it's an organisation that coordinates garden visits across Britain. And the money that's made from the entrance fees goes to various different charities. It's a wonderful organisation. And it gives you the opportunity to visit loads of amazing gardens around England and Wales. There is a Scottish version of the NGS too. I'll put links to the NGS and the Scottish version of the NGS in my show notes. And if you ever get the chance to get hold of their yellow book, which is a guide to all these gardens, then please do because it's a wonderful resource. But you can just search online to find a garden near you if you happen to live in the UK or are visiting. Except, of course, this year, all of the openings have been cancelled due to coronavirus, including Mercy's plans to open up her house for houseplant tours. So it's rather nice that I can bring you this audio tour of her collection that we put together. And if you look on the show notes, you'll also see lots of images from her beautiful houseplant collection. Mercy had just become the national collection holder for Chlorophytum camosum cultivars, that's our good friend the spider plant, so it was wonderful to be able to see a national collection of houseplants too. So come with me as I take a trip into houseplant heaven with Mercy Morris. Well, let's, let's officially start by saying hello, Mercy Morris. We're here in your front room, back room, I don't know how you describe this room, and I'm the First, I mean, you haven't had a tour yet for your NGS opening of your wonderful houseplant collection. So I guess I'm honoured to yeah. be getting the experience of coming on this tour. I think this is really special that the NGS has agreed to um, have this as an open house tour, which is by arrangement only. Did you go to them or did how did it come about? Well, I met one of the local NGS guys last year when I was selling houseplants at somebody else's open day. Right. And he just said to me in passing, why don't you work with houseplants? And I, I, initially I thought, oh, it's a stupid idea. I've got such a small house. <laughs> and then the idea kept going round and round in my head. And I thought, actually, no, that would be really fun. It would be really good for houseplants, wouldn't it? Because people, then they'd be almost as important as garden plants to people. <laughs> Ha-ha. heaven for fen yes. that should be the case yeah so i i got them round and they did they did say i was mad but they didn't say i couldn't do it so here we are and here we are and you have got a wonderful collection we've just heard today that you've you've been awarded the status of national collection holder of chlorophytum cultivars chlorophytum camosum cultivars okay fantastic you have to have your teeth in to say that lot um and we can we're going to see as we go around some of your collection which we can talk about further there's loads of big leaves in here should we start with some of these big leaves can i take you to the beginning of the whole thing yes you can that is a beautiful swiss cheese plant can i just say that is a really nice specimen this is Austin, Austin Morris, and he was the first houseplant that I had that lived. My mother was deeply into plants, and she spent most of my childhood trying to get me into plants as well. Right. Um, didn't work, and as a student, I went away as a student, and I had lots of plants that I killed, and this was the first one that actually lived. So he is 33 years old. 
this year. Mortimer Marks and Spencers. He's that short because I've continually I take him out of the pot, turn him into cuttings, and shrink him again. So he's he's nice and short. Yeah, and he's very glossy. compact, isn't he? And I think that is a really good tip because lots of people get to the stage with their Swiss cheese plant where it does get a bit out of hand, and they kind of very much fear doing that hack back. But your plant really shows that that works brilliantly because it's got beautiful fenestrated leaves. It's got very mature leaves, but it's a reasonable size. Yeah, I'm taking a leaf out of your book, literally, uh, with my own uh, monsters when they get to that stage, because that is the way to do it. I love the way you've got the black label, Lester M&S, 19, <laughs> 19, 1987. That is brilliant. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's moved house with me many, many times. Sometimes I've taken it on the train. Last time it moved house, I had to get a friend to put it in this car because it's quite heavy. Yeah, yeah I can but... imagine. It's a bit of a job to repot, but it's, it's a fantastic looking plant. And uh, yeah, you've you've I mean, I'm, you've kept it looking in a great shape and it's it's very, very healthy. And I'm sure there's always somebody looking for a cutting. Yes, right? yes. So in this, oh, you've got one there. That was, yes, that's the, the scruffy one from the last lot, but it's due to be done in about April. So okay. if people want to see it in its full glory, they need to come and see it. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so people can can contact you and to make an appointment to come and see your collection here in Hern, Hern Bay in Kent. Uh, I'm forgetting where we are for a minute. Um, how how busy are you expecting to be with this tour? Is it going to be... You, you, I don't you're going to wait and see? Yeah. I would have thought as the first houseplant uh, offering from the NGS that that would be an attractive option uh, for people. But I guess only time will tell. Exactly. I think a lot of the established NGS garden visitors are so used to visiting herbaceous borders and shrubberies and so on that they will be a bit hesitant about it perhaps but I'm hoping also that bring people who've never been to an NGS garden in before perhaps a a younger crowd who are into houseplants rather than than home gardens that sort of thing so and let's just turn to this wonderful stepladder with your some of your chlorophytum camosum plants on it and that's a great way to display plants um, I'm always looking. I never find those wooden steps. I'm always like looking for them outside junk shops. It's one of those things that has to kind of serendipity has to be in place. Uh, or perhaps you have to go to your granddad's garage to look for one. <laughs> that was sheer luck. All of the ones I've seen have been oh, about 30 to 60 pounds. I found that one for a fiver. Oh, good. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yes. And you've got lots of chlorophyte and commodium. How many cultivars are there in your national collection? It is about 17 or 18, but that may reduce as I find some of them are identical plants, but with separate cultivar names. Right. And what made you choose chlorophyte and commodium cultivars as a subject for a national collection? Because it's not too massive and not too... Yes, that's one of the reasons. It's quite a compact collection, so you can have it in in a small home. Um, Also, I think they're so underappreciated. As houseplants, they are really long-suffering. They're the easiest thing in the world to propagate. They just propagate themselves while you sit there and do nothing. And I think the world really needs to see them for the beauties that they are. What's your favourite cultivar of the... Oh, I don't know, that's my favourite child, but you know. is <laughs> Hawaiian spider. Oh, lovely. Which that's is beautiful. actually rather pretty, isn't it? It's more lime green and green stripes. That's really nice. And the, the little offsets are hmm. pale as well, so... 
That's, that's my yeah, current Yeah, that's favorite. a nice one. And how mm-hmm. easy have you found to pick all these up? I mean, we always think of spider plants as being, you know, very common, but some of these cultivars harder to get? Yes. Uh, some of them I've had to get from another collector. There's a very generous gentleman um, called John Circuit who let me have some of the, the rarer cultivars that okay. he's had in his collection for years. Um, apart from that, the usual thing, snooping around on eBay. Yes. Oh, the joys of the joys of the Internet for looking for plants. That is a a great source. And we turn and look and we've got another enormous leaved plant on the other side and and a beautiful. Is that one or two Two. fiddly figs? Tell me about this. I don't I'm not even sure I can identify what kind of aroid that is. That's a philodendron. It's got the the non. Well, it's an irritating name. Philodendron green beauty, which really doesn't tell you anything other than it's large and green. (laughs) I haven't been able to track which species it comes from. Um, it's, it just appeared on the market relatively recently. Oh, it's beautiful. And, and one of my friends said, Mercy, you have to have this. So I had it. Yeah, that is how it goes, isn't it? That mm. is how exactly how it goes. Um, and you've got these two lovely fiddly figs. I mean, I'm often disappointed by fiddly figs. They don't tend to grow very well. But your two look lovely and healthy. Are they challenging to look after or do you find them okay again those are in their late 20s oh wow so um, you were in on the fiddle trend yes, well I, before yes i was lucky enough else. to find them um in a florist's in eastbourne when i was living there and again with those i chop them down because otherwise mm. they they just go straight up like a skyrocket and they either fall over or they hit the ceiling so i chop them the one on the right hand with the smaller leaves was chopped last year um, and the one that's recovered was chopped the year before. And you can do cuttings of them relatively mm, easily mm, as well. Yeah. Well, the, the, you have a wonderfully leafy living room. You've also got more shelves with more plants on them, some little baby spider plants I can see, and some, is that some bromeliads there or some kind of, uh, have I got a, do I see a bromeliad or an earth star there? Oh, of earth yes, stars? yes, they are earth stars. They're propagating at the moment. Uh, oh, look at that. They are in little koya. Oh, yes. Little koya pots. I find them re- really difficult to root because they they tend to live forever without rooting. And they take about two <laughs> years for you right. to die. That's that's another spider plant that came from Weasley. That's, oh, that's a narrow nice. stripe, which is a pretty one. And it's various philodendrons, the other monstera. Um, oh, is that Ad- Adansonia or whatever, Adansonia. whatever yes, it is currently being described as? The names for, yep. uh, Philodendron Brazil. Beautiful. Uh, and there's always things hiding in the understory. Yes, well, and um, why not? You've got some Azizi plants there. Yeah, and I've got a possibly dead Diffenbachia, but I'm not sure. Oh. So it's hiding <laughs> in the understory until it decides whether it's alive There's always or a few not. things that that have a, a wintertime problems, aren't there? There's always a few yes. things that go by the wayside. Um, right, we're moving into your kitchen area now. Yes. And we've got some more bromeliads. What else have you got to, to tell me about? Okay, here? so the kitchen's got a very dull window. Um, it faces northeast-ish, but there's another building about a metre from it, so it, it gets no direct light. But that makes it quite good for the incredibly unpronounceable thing that I always say, oh, it's a sort of calathea. Oh, my gosh. But it's okay. Pleostachia pruinosa. Okay, that is a new one on me. 
I think a lot of people call it the wheat flower plant. Okay. Because it's got yeah. the most, <coughs> I have to say, dull flowers. That <laughs> is like that a maranta group? That looks like yes, a maranta group plant. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's... That is, I mean, it's a nice, well-behaved plant, but the, yeah. the flowers aren't exciting. Um, bromeliad rescued from the local home base. Are um, you a plant rescuer? Oh, you? <laughs> <laughs> the waifs and strays. I go through phases of doing it, and then I go through phases of realising that I have to stop mm. because there are far too many rescues. Right. Uh, but that was a good rescue. Um, that uh, little philodendron, that's the only place that it likes. They're a bit fussy, aren't they? Weird. Mm, my one has, has, has got very bare at the top. I've just done a load of propagating because all the top of the stems is all really, the le- lots of leaves have, have dropped off. Um, so I've propagated a load more stems to put in the top because it doesn't stay bushy otherwise. No. But yeah, they and are. You I think that's why you buy them in the nursery with lots and lots of little mm, cuttings in the top. Exactly, exactly. I've completely forgotten his name. Um, Skindaps Pictus, yes, Skindaps Pictus. Yes, but that's the only. That's the only place. Well, keep, that's the thing. You just got to go with it, whatever, yes. <laughs> whatever it desires, because uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, it's not the easiest. Right. Um, oh, now we're in this. Yes, little so room, which I guess is your workroom. Yes, a um, little bit of everything. Um, I don't. I bought. This is a succulent plant that I bought quite recently. I don't know whether you've had more experience with it than me. Well, you know what? I think I saw one of these in the... In the um, glass house of a guy called Bob Potter when I did an episode with him. He had lots of plants that looked like this. I I think there are several different names. Mm. It is... Look, I guess somebody somewhere is probably going to call it the pencil cactus because it's got these pencil-like... Is that a stem? Is that a leaf? I don't know. Um, are you worried that it's not doing well? Or? Oh, no, it's doing very well. It's just I didn't expect it to do that. I yeah. expect, I bought it as a, really just a, a yeah, thick stem. A pen, an actual pencil yes. length, yeah. And, and then it started draping itself yeah. everywhere. That, well, that was what Bob's were doing, I have to say. And I think he had his on some kind of trellis, so perhaps that's just the way they like to be. Yeah, um, I, I mean, it seems happy. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it's, You've yes. got a lovely Hoya, a variegated Carnosa, which is looking good. And like you, you've got that on a nice trellis. I'm trying to get my Hoyas to grow up rather than down now because I keep catching my hair, hair on them. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great setup you've got there with a bamboo, U-shaped bamboo, and then a little trellis inside. That works really well. Yes, I find it's a lot easier to keep them on, on bamboo canes, certainly these the nice U-shaped curved ones. Otherwise, they just go everywhere. They do. They do. They really do. And I'm very jealous of this beautiful begonia lucerna here. I'm really... I mean, I've got... My, the only begonia I can really grow is the beefsteak begonia. Erythros... Really? Erythros... I never... Erythrosum? Erythrosa. Um, I've had these a couple of times, and they always succumb to mildew. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. But um, that is a beautiful... I guess that's about three or four foot tall specimen... It's just for the chop, actually. This oh, summer, you're going to have give it a good... Yeah, because it's yeah, getting it's towards getting the ceiling, bit, isn't it? Yeah, a bit wobbly. Top-heavy, bit top-heavy. Yes. Top Any tips for looking after that one? You doesn't, doesn't... I just treat it like dirt, yeah. I'm afraid. Um, I slightly I underwater I'm... it, but I slightly underwater everything. Me too. I'm terrified of overwatering. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I cannot grow um, begonia rex at all. Me I neither. adore them, and I've Me killed neither. so many. I, I mean, and people who do grow them sort of they're all casual. Oh yeah, they're really easy. What are you doing wrong? And you think, what am I doing wrong? And I, I mean, I must try, keep trying again. I have got actually, I have got one now that was given to me by a listener called June, and that one is actually doing. God, why am I saying this? <laughs> but is doing okay. So you never know. I might be turning the corner. Yeah. But again, I've kind of ignored it. Maybe that's the secret. Yeah, that's things. that's the only begonia I really grow well and i i probably don't give it enough light because it doesn't flower regularly right so i think it, yeah. probably if i put it in the window it would flower but mm. it makes such a mess when it flowers yeah my my my, huge... my yeah my beefsteak begonia is flowering and it's just going everywhere and you just every few days and with a dustpan and brush just clearing up yes. all the stuff underneath so yeah it does have its downsides definitely it does it does and there's more spiders in here oh yes the, um the green one chlorophytum Camosum species here yeah. as well, so that seems to be quite happy there. And do you sell? You do you have a, a selling aspect to your? I do. Plants? I sell at local markets, so I sell in uh, Whitstable and Canterbury. Face to face, I sell house plants and air plants. Um, I sell mainly the very simple things that mm. people can enjoy, rather yeah. than anything rare or or difficult, because I think. People kill so many houseplants and it makes them so miserable. <laughs> yes, um, indeed. You want to make it life easy. And do you, have you found that business is brisk? Yeah, yes. It's not bad at all. Uh, I think I sell more to younger people, which is mm. fantastic. Mm. Um, and I, I get a lot of people coming back and telling me how their plants are, which is mm. really nice. Mm. Mm. And they, such and such, they bought six months ago is living. So which that's is very exciting. That is very exciting. Yes. Oh, that's great. Oh well, it's good to see that the uh, house plant trend is continuing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I because I do a lot of talks to horticultural societies about house plants, and that's the different different end of the age scale. Yes, and they find it. They've never looked at Instagram or Twitter, and they find it unbelievable that there are a lot of plants on Instagram and Twitter, and that people who mm. care about plants are all out there, mm. and that there are young people getting into it. <laughs> I know. I've I've done those very same talks to gardening clubs around where I live in Bedfordshire, and exactly the same response. Oh, you know, I've had that plant for years, and you're like, yeah, but everyone's getting really excited about it but possibly on a platform that you're not aware of or using yes. so yeah it's it's really really interesting that different um demographic and um you know lots of them have got amazing expertise that can be tapped but they don't really realize that anyone wants to tap it anymore no 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 there are these two groups who are completely unaware <laughs> we need of each to bring other. together some, yes. we, need, we need some way of bringing together these two disparate groups of of the younger people who are getting into plants and putting them all over instagram and the older generation of houseplant lovers who are got years of experience mm. i don't know how we do that that's something yeah. to think about isn't it let's Definitely. let's have a go and have a look at more spider plants yeah this is a great plants. this is a great stand is that a hat stand it is it's a bamboo hat stand that i got from a large internet retailer oh you can say idea it's fine <laughs> you're allowed it's not the bbc it's no okay. no you're it's just, to... a, just amazon i think <laughs> oh, that's where it came okay. from but yes and it, it worked out it's perfectly great. as a spider plant display stand that is amazing. And you've got these uh, macrame, would you call them macrame? Macrame, I would say knotted. That, yes, it's easy macrame for me. Yes. No, they're <laughs> great. I love the bright neon colours. That's amazing. And in fact, my husband would love that because it's the colours of his football team. Oh. Blue and orange. So he'd be, I, oh. I should take, do an exact copy of that and say, but dear, look, it's in the colours of your football team. And then he might, he might be okay. 
get you with adding more plants. But it's a great way of displaying quite a lot of plants without taking up a lot of room. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, awesome. it's quite nice. And they're quite easy to care for. I can reach all of them. Because that's one of the problems once you have beyond a certain amount of houseplants is trying to reach them when you're watering yes, them. Yes, yes. And I don't know about you, but I don't have a whole day to spend just doing the watering rounds. So you've got to sort of make it like make life easier for yes, yourself, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if it's too difficult to water plants, you find yourself making excuses not to do it. Yeah, exactly. And you can't also... It's easier at this eye level to see exactly what's going on. I find with plants that are high up... Things can be going wrong and I haven't spotted them because they're not at that eye level. Whereas, you know, if you saw a pest on one of these, you'd spot it pretty much immediately yeah, yeah. as you walk past. So Yes, it's always the high up plants that get overwatered as well, I think, mm. because you're not quite there to think, oh, that's a bit <laughs> Yeah, funny. exactly. It's, yeah, it's either dry as a bone or overwatered, one yeah. or the other, sometimes a combination of both. <laughs> that's, that's one of my my newer ones that's just such a gorgeous colour it's yes, almost the, black the raven's it? easy plant which I know lots of people are going nuts over I haven't yet um, got one of those I love the way that the young growth is this pale green and then it seems to mature to the darker growth which is kind of nice mm. um, yeah it's 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 very nice I think it's hard to, quite hard to get in America still that plant but oh, it's okay. becoming more widely available so it's coming our way. It was definitely it's already here, but I think in Americans find it harder to get hold of for some reasons I don't oh, understand. They normally get more exciting I know, yeah, I know. Um, it's true. Mother in law's tongue. Yes, the classic. Sits there behaves well. Um, Lots of bedroom rapis. plants. Oh right, um, yes, rapis excelsa. Yes. Is that yeah? Uh, it's it's very good in that it does nothing. <laughs> so it will put up with low light conditions. Right. It's had virtually no proper light um for about two years so it's it's due for a repeat reprieve soon to go somewhere mm-hmm. where it gets a bit more light ditto the yuccas that have been there um three different ones for too long mm-hmm. so i like to swap things out and yeah. give them a bit of light and plump them up um, and these, my unfeasibly large philodendron. <laughs> yeah, that's reduced. a beast. That yes. is a beast. It was reduced. I bought it reduced and I couldn't resist it. Oh, we had such a terrible trouble getting it in the car. Oh, my gosh. I and can imagine. Yes. Again, I'm much relieved because there was a point this winter where it only had one leaf. And I thought, oh, no, it's really, mm. it's not getting enough light. But it's just, that one came last week. Um, this one's coming today, so I'm relieved. Yeah, I mean, it's got a good old... Uh, I imagine it's got a good old root system there and lots of lovely aerial roots. Is this bipinitivisidium? Yes. <laughs> Whatever, whatever, I can't say that. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, so that's... So that, I would imagine, you might have more difficulty keeping inside if it really goes off and gets big. Yes. I don't know, because it's just coming out of one central it is. thing. I mean, I'm not trying to... Pre- provide problems for you here but i mean what do you when once you get to a certain stage will you move it elsewhere if it gets out of control or will you just sort of you know allow it to lie next to you in bed and <laughs> there is a certain attraction about having it arching over yeah i can see that bed. actually that would be quite cool but i did think that if it gets out of control i could possibly yes. slice it under the the topmost aerial route mm-hmm. Um, the exciting thing about these aerial roots is I keep catching them 
going off underneath the furniture. So it was in the living room for a while. And yeah. quite a few of the aerial roots were exploring under the sofa to see if there was anything right. interesting they could get into there. I've so. heard this before of, of, of Arroyds, that they, the aerial roots do go on their little journeys yes. around the place, which is which is great. That's what they're meant to do. Exactly. So it's not exactly. a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, so other things I've got in here, I've got the... Oh yes, the yes. very sexy plant of the moment, plant of the moment, monstera. Yeah, um, which I hate to say, I got free as a cutting. It's all right. So I, I got one free actually oh, from somebody, great. so you can say that to me, and yes. I won't be jealous. But um, yeah, it's uh, well. I mean, it is a lovely plant. I just, I I'm, kind of got. I've got a bit blasé. I think. I don't love it as much as yeah. the plain one, yeah. but I never quite love variegated mm. ones as much because they're not quite. They don't have quite that shiny vigor. You just got to keep growing it until you get lots of cuttings, and then yeah. you can sell them on your stall at great. Retire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Made your millions. I think that's probably yeah. I mean, by the time it may take a while, and then you, the price is probably coming down as we speak. But mm. yeah, they're still they're still at a premium, aren't they? Having said yeah. that, and then of course you've got the the previous it plant, <laughs> Pilea peperomioides, yeah. which is very generous with its babies. So that's it is. It is. It's, <laughs> It's another perfect propagator like the spider plant, isn't it? You just yeah. have to sit there and wait for it to do it. Exactly. Um, I've got more spiders. Um, this was an oh. it plant about Yeah, the Maramoe moss ball. Yes. I, I, found, I was going fish shopping with somebody who liked to fish. Oh, and I, okay. saw it. I thought, oh, I could do with one of those. Yeah, I've got, th- I've got three in a big, massive jar and the jar has just gone completely green. And my son said, what's in here the other day? And I said... I'm not quite sure, but I need to clean it out and yes. find out what's going on. A lot of algae, I think. I know that is the... It is actually algae, isn't it? Um, yes. But I think there's lots of other algae in there, which is blocking the view. But I guess it's the ultimate low-maintenance house plant. Yes. And this is how I knew where to come, uh, because your porch is, is also full of shelving with beautiful plants. Um, and, gosh, you've got love, lots of lovely cacti and succulents here. Um, I don't know where to start, really. What's your one of your favourites from What's this selection? One of my favourites, um, I would say. Pro, I'm rather fond of this Hawthia. Oh yes, the truncata, lovely. I'm fascinated by the things that have these little transparent windows. Yeah, the windows the are so cool, aren't they? They are. Yes, um, and there's another little Hawthia that's also got the transparent windows. The whole the whole concept of that is just so exciting for mm. me. Oh, what's this little like, one here? That looks amazing, and I don't know, don't recognise that. That's a little crassula. Oh, that's so, lovely. Yeah, you can see that it would actually like a little bit more light because it's mm, it's growing mm. very much in one direction. But it's it's that, again, that's a beautifully crassula atropurpurea var anomala. I love it. I love those names. flowers. Those yeah. are re- it looks amazing. That's a. I'm That's sure great. A, bit, a bit with roots may fall off as you leave the house. <laughs> Look at all those big roots. They're just, they're just calling out to me. They are. They are. They're saying, Jane, 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 put me in your handbag. I imagine this porch is quite good because it probably isn't too hot. And no. It's probably unheated out here, but it's just obviously not going to get frosted. Um, quite handy for all these cacti and succulents that like a bit of cool in the winter. Yes, it's, it stays just above freezing at all times. It did hit 40 uh, last summer but then it was yeah. very hot here mm, last mm. summer in general so it's not it doesn't get nearly as hot as the greenhouse gets yeah um uh, yes they they do enjoy it they flower um, most of the things in here flower quite nicely um yeah. it's the only problem is choosing what to have in here and what not to have in here because i could i could fill 
twice or three times the space if I yes of course and when you're when you're going off taking your plants off to market are you kind of sometimes thinking I can't part with this this is too beautiful or do you only sell things that you already have a duplicate of no oh <laughs> there are three or four times in in any year when I think oh I shouldn't have sold that I love that plant and I'm not mm. sure that person was trustworthy you know oh, yeah I want yeah. to interview them yeah, they need a, they need to give you your C, a CV a full interview yeah they do need to give you all the information because yeah, it could. Mm. It, it's devastating if something that you really love then goes to somebody who's going to kill it pretty quickly. But then there are times when I think that exactly the right plant has reached the right person. Right. Like um, a young lady saw a monster on my stand about six, seven months ago, and her face—it was—it was as if she'd come across a long lost relative. Mm. And she was just so happy. And at, at that point, you think, oh, that's it. My work mm. on this planet has is done. Mm-hmm. I've made somebody really happy mm. just by selling them a plant. So oh, that's, that's, that must make it all worthwhile. Mm. Well, it's a really great collection of stuff here. Um, you've got some things that I can't identify. <laughs> some the things lots, that I... Yeah, I was going to say, what's pelagoniums. the... Are there a pelagonium? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you look at the leaf, it's obvious. But it just is so un... Yeah. Typical of what we're used to thinking when you think of pelagonium. That's pelagonium tetragonum. So it has quite big white and pink flowers oh, wow. um, in the summer. It is quite spectacular. Um, it is slightly awkward in that it tries to grab me every time I leave Yeah, the I can imagine. Yeah. Um, what else we've got? There's a lot of Hawthians. That, that's another pelagonium there. I've got a couple of succulent pelagoniums. Mm. Um, Platycephalum, and I can't. Re- I think that one's laxum. Uh, that, which looks like a very small aloe, is actually a bromeliad with the longest name in the world. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> oh, I can just see Tuberconia lawrenceana. Oh my gosh! They that, don't make it easy, do they? No, that has tiny little lime green flowers. It's a fascinating mm, plant. Mm. I've got some purple apuncha, purple prickly pears. Oh wow! Links. Did you grow those from seed? Yes. Oh, excellent. Well, we're just starting off on the annual sew-along, so I'm encouraging people to grow stuff for seed. So it's good to see that uh, you're doing that. And I think the good thing about cacti and succulents is it's not like growing tomatoes where you've got to be sort of potting them on and pricking them out immediately. You've got plenty of time. Oh, yes. <laughs> you've got many years yeah. with some of them, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, I mean, those are, those are seed-grown. That's um, Aloe Milano Carpa. Um Yes, there's a few things here that are... There's hectias, which are South uh, Middle American bromeliads with brickles. Mm, mm. And I've no idea what that cactus is, but I found them in Lidl. Yes, I have seen those before, and the name escapes me as well. I want to say... Oh, no, it's it's, it's not in my brain. But yes, they're very... It's funny how suddenly some particular thing can just be everywhere, even if it's not very well defined as a house plant in the books yeah um which is which is strange and i like your string of is that bananas string of bananas yes it is is that yeah going yeah. on forever going um, on <laughs> Sinecio something or other is it herianus or is that a different one? Oh, it could be yeah yes. right might be might be again with tempting roots oh yes that's the thing isn't it that lots of these things have uh have just kind of 
they're just seeking out a bit of soil in fact you know you could just tuck it in one of these other pots and then make your <laughs> life very easy that sort of thing does happen things things have been known to root in yeah in I'm other sure. plants pots. I'm sure um, that's quite an unusual cactus the um Leuchtenbergia looks like again looks more like an mm. aloe yeah um, with those crazy sort of spines on the end of the a modified leaf, I guess. Yes, yes, I think they are. That's about that used to belong to my mother, so that must be about thirty, thirty-five oh, wow. years old. Though it, it looks not very big. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Some of these things are very slow growing, which is which I guess is a good thing. Oh yeah. Um, in that uh, you can you can keep your collection going without having to to downsize too much. Well, that is uh, that's lovely, and uh, I can imagine you could just stand out here and. To tinker, tinker around with this lot for hours. I do. This is this is a happy space. I come yeah. out here with the dustpan and brush and a little pair of snips and play with them all. Yeah, rearrange them. And, and people walking past can get the benefit as well. So yeah. that's that is really lovely. That I is think really they have that funny part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all know that look, don't we? Of uh, people going, "What's going on oh, in yes. there?" What are those blue lights that we can see through the window? Oh, yes, yes, I've had some inquiries about lights. Yes, in the past. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, in fact, the one in my front room is a is a white grow light for that very reason. Because I just thought, no, I'm not. I'm not getting into that with no. my neighbours. No. Uh, yes. Not having the local teenagers. <laughs> yeah, around, exactly. Hopefully. In in more in hope than expectation. Yeah. But yeah, so well, it's it's a lovely collection. I'm sure you're going to get a great response to your. Um, to your first NGS tour. Tell, remind me of the name of the group they're coming around because it's so good. The Crab and... Crab and Winkle WI from Oh, Whitsable. they're going to love it. They are yeah. going to absolutely love it. And um, will you be plying them with tea and cake or do they I have to bring be. their own oh, supplies? Oh, no, I will ply them with tea and oh, cake. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, I hope it goes really, really well. And thank you very much for showing me around the collection. I do hope you enjoyed that tour. As I've said, sadly, for the foreseeable, none of us are going to be able to go and visit Mercy Morris's houseplant collection in person. But if you do want to check out the show notes and there you can immerse yourself in the wonderful photos of her plant collection. And you'll also find details of her page on the NGS website and her own website, home-plants.com. Thanks so much to Mercy for letting me have a look round her collection and also for giving me a cutting of that little crassula that I was admiring and an air plant. Speaking of which, early next week for Patreon subscribers, there'll be an episode of An Extra Leaf coming up in which I talk to Mercy about her air plant collection. And now it's time for question of the week. This one comes from Elizabeth, who's looking for recommendations on plants that can really be okay in a south-facing window without burning them in the summer. Can succulents work here? Signed, Elizabeth, a real newbie to houseplants. Well, it's a great question, Elizabeth, because the number of plants that are able to live in a really big south-facing window is, is large, but you've got to take care when you're picking those plants out. Any plant that's been sitting in a dark corner, even if it's a cactus or a succulent, will get sunburnt if you move it from that dark corner into a really bright area where it's going to be hit by full on sun. So that's worth bearing in mind. Even the most sun tolerant plants 
become a bit soft <laughs> if they are kept in the shade. This is a really good time to realise this because some of us will be moving plants from our houses out to greenhouses in the next few weeks. And this is when they are at high risk of getting sunburn. It's happened to some of my collection just through my own foolishness. So if you are moving plants into the sun, then do protect them with some fleece or just move them gradually so they don't just have that sudden exposure and can build up their exposure. But if you're talking about a big south facing windowsill, yes, most of the cacti will do very well there. On my Instagram videos this week, I talked about Euphorbia trigona, the African milk bush. Now, this really is a plant that if you've got a super hot south facing conservatory will do very, very well. Of course, that's a succulent, but not a cactus, because of course, as we all know, all cacti are succulents, but not all succulents are cacti. Things like agaves as well will probably do very nicely in as much sun as you can throw at them from your windowsill. If you've got something like Crassula ovata, the jade plant, a really common conservatory or sunny window plant, then this will do very well. If you've got the beautiful variegated cultivar Hummel Sunset, then that will start turning these wonderful shades of yellow and red on the leaves if you expose it to lots and lots of sun. Aloes will generally also thrive. The classic aloe vera, of course, is a really, really popular choice, but there are so many other wonderful aloes out there. There's the huge Hercules, probably not great if you've got a tiny windowsill, because this is a massive aloe, but if you've got a big, really big conservatory, aloe Hercules can hold its own. Uh, aloe Aristata, also totally indestructible, will be fine in massive amounts of sun, but will adapt to a bit more shade and can cope with incredibly cold temperatures to that one. So Alo Aristata, often mistaken for a Haworthia, but generally known as the lace alo, is a really lovely and adaptable plant. So that's a few suggestions for your very sunny windowsill. If in doubt, choose a cactus or a succulent. Just probably stay away from the Haworthias and the Gasterias, which tend to like a little bit more shade than others in the group. Oh, lithops. I forgot to mention lithops. Of course, stone plants, this is their jam. They want as much heat as you can throw at them, as much sun as you can throw at them. So yes, lithops are another great choice, particularly if you've only got a tiny amount of space to play with, a really narrow space on the ledge, if I can put it that way. I hope that helps, Elizabeth. And if you've got a question for On The Ledge, particularly for the upcoming Q&A, then do drop me a line on the ledge podcast at gmail.com. And if I haven't answered your question yet, then fear not, I shall attempt to get to it very soon. If you don't hear from me in a few weeks, do, of course, send me a nudge, because as you can imagine, there's a lot of communications flying back and forth at the moment. So some things occasionally slip through the net. Well, that's all for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed my plant tour with Mercy Morris and I will be back next Friday. I will also try to bring you a midweek bonus episode if I possibly can, assuming that I stay fit and healthy as I am right now. And I hope that you are feeling fit and healthy too and that this podcast gives you a little bit of a break from whatever stresses and strains you're going through right now. So I'll sign off with plant vibes coming at you loud and proud. Bye. The music you heard in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops. 
I Snossed, I Lost by Dr. Turtle and Whistle by Benjamin Banger. All licensed under Creative Commons. See the show notes at janeperone.com for details.